But I've been thinking um, a lot over the years about communion. You know, we take communion, right, every, every Sunday. There was a time when we took it maybe like maybe once a quarter or something like that. But we realize that if you don't come on just those four Sundays and you make all the other Sundays in the whole year, you'll miss that opportunity for corporate communion. Now, we, we encourage and, and uh, are fine with people in your home, take communion. In, in your small group, take communion. In your life group, take communion. Uh, it, it's the Lord who makes communion, communion. It's not the one who serves, right? Are you with me? It doesn't have to be a priest or, or, or an elder or a, it can, I mean, anybody, because it's the Lord, right? Who makes communion, communion. Um, so we, we make, give that opportunity every Sunday, but sometimes things can get kind of rote, kind of religious, and we sort of forget the, the, the depth of meaning, uh, the, what it, what it really is about when we come together corporately and share the body and the blood. It's, it's unique to the Christian faith in that we actually believe, you know, that, that we're remembering. And some would believe that it actually turns into the body and blood. Some people think it already is when it serves. Some people think it changes when it's inside. So there are a lot of different ways of looking at it. But one thing we do know. That it is about Him. And that He taught us to do this in remembrance of Him and do it regularly, right? As oft as you should do this. And I don't know, honestly, if that means every Passover or if that means every Shabbat or if that means every day or if that means what it's referring to. And there are so many theories out there. In fact, there's so many that it, it, it almost gets to the point where, you know, I, I don't know if I want to discuss this anymore because we have all these amazing, amazing philosophers and theologians who still don't agree after thousands of years. And you know what I could be doing? I could be going and visiting someone in the hospital. Right? Or any number of things. If, if you're, uh, anyway, it goes on and on. And sometimes, I'm not going to go there. Yes. Thank you. Bobby says, amen, John. Focus, focus. So focusing. And I have a new thing on my podium. I don't know where it came from. I think it's called a clock. A little clock. There's actually one back there. Um, and it lights off at, 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 at uh, 12 o'clock. It starts going, and the lights come on by, not really. But I don't know who gave this, gave this, but thank you so much. No, okay. Go long! You know, it's like, not really. It's fine. Um, but I do use that one, believe it or not. So in thinking about communion and what all that means, I'm really beginning to, to revisit some of that. And there, there's a lot to talk about. In fact, I think for the next three Sundays, we're going to talk about some of the aspects of communion. This was called His Body. His Body. His Body 1. Part 1. His Body Part 1. That doesn't mean like His Leg is this Part 1. and this. I don't know where that came from. Um, yeah, aren't you glad I explained that? I think about communion. I think about what it is. 
what it means. Why is it important? How often should we practice? How long? How often should we partake? Should we use wine or juice? What kind of bread? You know, I actually get all kinds of suggestions about bread. You know, the crackers break up and it's hard. You know, it, it makes a mess on the floor. Um, some people like the challah bread because it's, it's more Jewish. And some people want the unleavened because leaven represents sin. Well, not only does it represent sin, it also, I'm not going to get into that. It represents good things too. A little of good thing is good, you know, is leaven in a good way. So there are just all kinds of things that I get that. I get that. And some of you probably are the ones who mentioned it to me, but um, there's no embarrassment in that or anything. I just want you to know that I get that a lot. And so there obviously are a lot of questions, a lot of opinions, a lot of views of what communion is and even how to take it or what to use. When Kathy's mother was um, uh, passing, sorry. And we were at hospice. We were in the hospice house and everything. And she wanted communion. We had water and some Waverly wafers. Amen? Do we trust? Can we believe that God can inhabit that? That He can honor that? That it can be meaningful? Absolutely. And that's part of what we want to talk about. We want to talk about how do we view the body of Christ. Do we view it correctly? Do we see how it, how it works? I mean, I don't know. The list goes on. Does it actually become the body and blood? My wife, Kathy, here, grew up Catholic. And some of you knew that. When we were dating and during the early years of our marriage, when we visited her mom and dad, we'd attend Mass with them. Now, later they ended up Defecting? I don't know. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I wasn't allowed to participate. What? That will cause one to wonder, to evaluate, at least to think about the whole sacrament, if you will. What about the body of Christ? The body of Christ. Does that mean Jesus' earthly body? Does it mean his glorified body? How about his body, the church? Us as a fellowship or a community of believers, his bride who is one with him. I have more questions than answers. And that's not a very good answer. But here it is. Do any of you ever wonder about stuff like that? Yeah. Well, in the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of those things. There's a verse that I want, to, want us to use as a springboard for all of this. And it's, it's one that really caught my attention and caused me to get more, even more interested than I was regarding the whole communion thing. In 1 Corinthians 11, 28 and uh, through 30 in the New King James Version. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner 
Eason drinks judgment to himself. Well, that gets my attention. What is unworthy manner? What does it mean to drink judgment upon yourself? And then the statement that really got me was not discerning the Lord's body. Not discerning the Lord's body. Well, I've heard that all my life, but it's like, what does that really mean? How do you zero in on it? If it has such incredible consequence, maybe we should look at that, right? Because in verse 30, if you connect it, for this reason, many are weak. Many are sick among you and many sleep. And some think that means you're dead. Maybe you're sleeping spiritually. Maybe your body is done. A lot of, a lot of ideas on that, too. So, what does, I'm going to ask you all a question. I want answers from, from the congregation and loud enough that I can hear them. What does discern, just the word, what does discern mean? What do you think of when I say that? Complete understanding. Understanding. Recognize. Discern to recognize. Anybody else? Differentiate. Differentiate. Search. Understand. In the in the in the in comprehension to really comprehend. Uh, huh. Okay. Um. They won't be able to hear that. Would you? You have your electronic Merriam-Webster. Perceive or recognize. Ah, so recognize something by sight or by other senses or in your mind, right? Clarity. So this discern thing is really an understanding. And if we're supposed to discern the Lord's body, then I think it's telling us to understand the Lord's body, to rightly understand what happened on the cross when His body, right? What happened in Him that makes this so important? And so it's really critical that we get a handle on what really happened on the cross. It's important that when we take communion, that it's not just so we can walk up the aisle and have some, I like the bread we use actually, um, some bread and juice. When we think about the body, and how about discerning or understanding or having a right, correct, accurate and healthy understanding of the body of Christ, the community. Now, I'm going to emphasize that part of it today. But we'll have three more Sundays, um, maybe, maybe more, maybe less, but probably three more. One thing is for sure, discerning wrongly brings bad outcome, right? But discerning rightly brings great blessing. So, if we can connect the understanding of how the Lord's body works and walk in those ways, there is a blessing. 
Amen? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 11 in the New American Standard. But we're going to go all the way from 16 to 31. And I want us to take particular note about what Paul is talking about here before he talks about communion and then what he talks about after communion. And I want us to think about the body of Christ as a community. Okay? Here we go. But if one is inclined to be contentious, we have no other practice, nor have the churches of God. But in giving this instruction, I do not praise you, because you come together not for the better, but for the worse. So it's like right away he's saying, let's take a look at this. Let's take a look at how we treat each other in the body of Christ. How we behave, how we posture ourselves. Do we place ourselves above or below? Are we service or are we the ones to be recognized? Are you seeing that? Four. In the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that divisions exist among you. And in part, I believe it. Oh, my goodness. So he's talking about relationship. He's talking about Where we stack up with one another, how we treat one another, and and he's going to go into communion, there is a connection. And it may not look spiritual, but it's deeply spiritual. For there must also be factions among you. Oh no! So that those who are approved may become evident among you. So, you know, it's like, yeah, I want to be approved, I want to be, you know, let's be... Factious. And so the ones, the cream can rise to the top. Isn't that sick? Are you with me? Therefore, when you meet together, is not, it's not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in your eating, each one takes his own supper first. That doesn't sound like preferring one another, does it? The things that God brings to the body of Christ are not being practiced here. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. The body of Christ, the sacrifice that Jesus made, should make an incredible difference in who we are. Because we're new creatures in Christ, right? So he's saying, I want you to understand that. I want you to discern my body correctly. Otherwise, there's some that are sick among you. There's some that are weak and some are asleep. For in your eating, each one takes his own supper first. And one is hungry and the other is drunk. Oh, I think they were using real wine. But it's like all for the wrong purpose. You're missing it. You're not discerning this whole thing correctly. What? Do you not have houses in which to eat and drink? I mean, we do have eating eating and drinking, you know, here before. But that's the eating and drinking that's for fellowship and for, for nourishment and all that kind of stuff. But the eating and drinking that we do at the table is a different thing. And we want to discern that correctly. Right? And they were having a problem with that. <clears throat> or do you despise the church of God? Do you despise the church of God? Do you despise my body? Do you res- despise the relationships that I've called you to? Do you despise humility? Do you de- despise servanthood? Do you despise giving honor, preferring one another? Are you hearing me? Because that's what we're talking about. That's what Paul is talking about before he goes right in to communion. 
Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this I will not praise you. For I receive from the Lord. It's like, wow, he just goes right into it. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my Blood, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Powerful, powerful. But do you see the groundwork that Paul is laying? And then he goes into communion because he wants us to connect our relationships, our behaviors toward him and toward each other. He wants us to connect that with communion because communion, when you commune with someone, that means you are together with them. And when we commune with the Lord through communion... Then we are together with him. And he says, it's just like James. This sounds so much like James, doesn't it? James says, if you say you love God and hate your brother, you are a liar. Liar. And this is the same, in the same vein, I think. So, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That's something that happened in his Body, And so we discern his body, the part that went to the cross. And we understand what happened there. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, whatever that is, shall be guilty of the body of the blood and the blood of the Lord. I don't fully understand that, but I do know that what he's referring to is these behaviors that were so selfish. So what is an unworthy manner? It's when you don't do it, understanding how we relate as brothers and sisters in the Lord. How we understand the sacrifice that was made on the cross by the the Lamb of God. The perfect Lamb of God who took everything that we deserved, even disease, death, Condemnation, all of those things, loneliness, everything. He took them in his body and he bore them and all of the effects of those things so that we're free. Amen. Amen. And that's what communion (laughs) means as part of it. But a man must examine, verse 28, examine himself. And in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. When we look at ourselves, are we following the Messiah in the way that he has called us? It's do we understand what he's called us to and what he's given us in his body and in his blood? Wow, that's huge. It's not to examine yourself, to condemn yourself. It's, it's not just another way. For preachers to make you feel really bad so you'll come to the altar and give more money. (laughs) 
It's so that we will be His. Really, really His. Not in name, but in behavior. Four, watch this, 29. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself. If he does not judge the body rightly, there's another good word for discern. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick. We read that, but I wanted to do it again in, in, this, in this version. And a number sleep. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. So, how often do we discern, understand, and see Jesus? How do we understand and see ourselves? How do we discern, understand, and see each other? All are expressions of the body of Christ. All of these are expressions of the body of Christ. Jesus is. You are. His body is. There's great blessing when we get this and let it guide our lives, our behaviors. The principle of wise and correct discernment has always been. With one significant difference, because I'm going to read out of Hosea. But I want us to notice, and I want to take note, of one very unique difference. There's a couple, but in Jesus, we have forgiveness of sin apart from performance. Amen? I'm going to read that again because it's critical when we read Old and New Testament. We need to understand that there are patterns, there are truths. It's valuable what we read about the feast, what we read about all of God's interaction with the people of Israel are valuable to us. It's, it's good. But the, when Jesus came and became the sacrifice, he replaced all the many sacrifices, right? Amen. Once and for all. Amen. So we need to discern, understand Comprehend that fact, first and foremost, before we go on to the other things. This principle, in Jesus we have forgiveness, I can read it again, of sin apart from performance. That is huge. And to believe that is to discern his body rightly, to understand his work on the cross, to understand that we love as we are loved and treat each other accordingly. So listen to this. This is Hosea 14. It's the last chapter in Hosea. Talking all about dealings with Israel and all that kind of stuff. And this is in the message paraphrase. Now, I'm going to ask before I get started, who is Israel? Jacob? Church? The true Israel is all those who believe. Look it, look it up. Look it up. It's in there. The true Israel is all those who believe. Now, that is important to discern correctly. Amen? So here we go. If we understand that as he's speaking to Israel here, then he's speaking to us. And that we understand, okay, come back. Return to your God. Oh, Israel, come back. Return to your God. You're down, but you're not out. Prepare your confession and come back to God. He's the high priest. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Okay, I'm just going to point out a few little things right here. That, that our confession is that Jesus is my Lord. That's our confession. Amen? 
And their confession was, you know, I believe that God will forgive me if we bring the perfect lamb. Well, God brings the perfect lamb. And if we believe, we're forgiven. Amen? Whew! So if you read it with that in mind, pray to him. Take away our sin. Accept our confession. He has. Receive us. Receive as restitution our repented prayers. Receive as our restitution the body of Jesus. Amen? The blood of Jesus. That's exciting. Moving right along. Assyria won't save us. Horses won't get us where we want to go. We'll never again say our God to something we've made or made up. You're our last hope. They were getting it. God. They were rightly discerning God. They weren't making gods. They were understanding that God is God. I am. He said, the Lord your God is one. Amen. Woo. Isn't it good? So, you're our last hope. Is it not true that in you the orphan finds mercy? And the Lord says, I will heal their waywardness. I will love them lavishly. My anger is played out. I will make a fresh start with Israel. He'll burst into bloom like a crocus in the spring. He'll put down deep oak tree roots. He'll become a forest of oaks. He'll become splendid like a giant sequoia. His fragrance like a grove of cedars. Those who will live near him will be blessed by him. Be blessed and prosper like golden grain. Ooh, I want to discern that rightly. Everyone will be take, talking about them, spreading their fame as the vintage children of God. Ephraim is finished with gods that are no gods. From now on, I am the one who answers and satisfies him. I am like a luxuriant fruit tree. Everything you need is to be found in me. Woo! Now watch this. If you want to live well, make sure you understand all of this. Oh. And in the King James, I believe that's discern right there. Make sure you discern all of this. If you know what's good for you, you'll learn this inside and out. God's paths get you where you want to go. Right living people. Do you see the connection? The right living people. People who prefer one another. People who are humble. People who are servants in their hearts. Right? People who don't come to communion to get drunk and eat a lot of bread. Right? Are, you, are, you, are we there? Right living people walk them easily. Wrong living people are always tripping and stumbling. Because we don't discern the Lord's body, there are sometimes people weak. Sometimes people sick, sometimes people asleep. I don't want that in our body. Father doesn't want that in his body. So, let's discern the body rightly. His body, you as a part of his body, and the church, his body, of which he is the head, of whom he is the head. Amen? All right, let me pray with you. Father, we're so grateful that you, <laughs> that you didn't leave us in a lurch, that you didn't say do this and then didn't give us some ideas. Lord, I just pray that we, we get it. Lord, that, that it will become clear, that we'll, we'll, we'll discern correctly. And Lord, we'll receive and know and walk in the blessing 
of your righteousness imparted and imputed to us. And we thank you and I pray blessing on every person in this room. May they go in the fullness of joy that is found in the Lamb of God. Woo! Amen. His name is Jesus, and he taught us something to say. Love one another. Now go share the love. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. If anyone would desire prayer or would like to talk about something or like prayer for healing or prayer for someone that you know, please come down here. There will be people here. There will be people here to pray with you. Okay? Amen.